Hello and welcome to the Everything Is Black and White podcast. It's time for the match preview. Newcastle welcome Manchester City to St James's Park on Sunday, 4:30 kickoff in front of the Sky Cameras. I am Andrew Musgrove, joined as usual by John Gibson. And John, this is a bit of a daunting game, <laughs> to say the least. Yes, to say the least. Yes. And before we start, we are up. We've given ourselves a little challenge because I'll give you a bit of insight into recording. Everything is black and white podcast. I've managed to misplace my laptop charger, which means my laptop has just 40% battery left, which means, John, I'm going to issue the challenge of giving short and sweet answers. I think that's impossible for me. Once I start talking, I don't know how to stop. Uh, I hope that Eddie Howe's got Newcastle more organised on uh, Sunday than uh, if they're without their chargers or only going to last 40 (laughs) minutes, we're in big trouble. Yeah, indeed. Um... Look, I was thinking about this game on, on Sunday. It is a daunting task for Newcastle. The players Man City have got, the way Newcastle played against Brighton, although they got the point at times, it wasn't very organised, I didn't think, at the back. They looked... I mean, to be fair, if it wasn't for Nick Pope, Newcastle wouldn't have got a point against Brighton. So all those elements played in. But I was thinking, you know, the, the situation Newcastle are in, as fans, we can sit there and say, goodness me, this is... This is a scary proposition. Of course but under Eddie Howe, you know that every day this week he has gone in and he's told those players, you are as good as them. You can go and you can go and get three points. He's building but them up. But you're not as good as them, actually. But, but, that's, right. yeah, but that's what the manager's saying. He's given them belief. Whereas under Steve Bruce, you got the feeling, feeling that in the week leading up to this game, it was, right, we'll go out. We'll do the best we can. It's damage limitation from the word go. And I just think there's a different shift. We as fans now can afford to be a little bit realistic with the proposition of Manchester City because I believe Eddie Howe is building these players up to, to, to go out there and, and, and be you know as good as they can and have belief that they can beat this Manchester City side. Am I wrong? Am no, I, am I over, no, overly I think, optimistic? Um, I think he does do that. There's just two points to bring us back to earth. It, uh, we could mention if he did that before Brighton, it didn't work in the second half, did it? Um, and however much you tell me that I'm as good looking as Cary Grant was, uh, when I look in the mirror, I realise I'm not. And uh, Newcastle will be looking in the mirror from my past four on, uh, on Sunday. I'm not knocking it um, at all because anything is possible in this game. I wouldn't hold my breath, but Newcastle... Was it three years ago? They they played Manchester City up here. Aguero scored in the first minute, which indicated, hey, no chance here. We're one down in a minute against a, a, a Man City side like this. And we won 2-1 with a Matt Ritchie penalty. And inevitably, Man City went on and won the title still that season. So anything is possible, but this is the real test of Newcastle United because this is an awesome Man City side and what we've got to remember is they're normally slow starters. They're normally slow starters. It's about October before they get in their stride in their past years. In this year, they've flown out the blocks. Uh, they're already four points ahead of Liverpool, the, the main rivals. I mean, there was a point in it for the title and they're four points ahead now. Liverpool always start like an express train and City don't. It's been the other way on this season, so it's awesome, uh, without a shadow of doubt. They've got so many good players in every single position and they're so beautifully coached. Scott Parker, our, our old um, captain, uh, said after the Bournemouth game, uh, you know, 
this is the most complete team I've ever seen, he, he said. And you've got to respect he's a good judge of soccer flesh. And they are that. They've got a centre-forward at long last, and they, they can play all over the shop intricately. In the centre-forward, when he isn't scoring, not even touching the ball, he's opening the door for people like De Bruyne. Well, very interesting, because I just read a match report doing a bit of research for this podcast, and it was all about how, at times, Haaland was on the outskirts of the play. He wasn't really involved much. Yep. I, he got an assist against Bournemouth, but as a whole, his performance yep. in that 4-0 win, he didn't really do much. He wasn't really on the scene, and yet they've got all these other players to step up. De Bruyne, but, you know, but, all but these what, great also, players. Also, what stats don't tell you, and I know stats are very revealing, and they can back up an argument superbly well. But don't only tell you, if on assist, for example, who, who was the last to pass the ball before it went into the net. They don't tell you the bloke that's ran 60 yards to put in somebody who then squared it and it was a goal. That's my Miguel Almiron defence. But, but, with Harlan, you see, I mean, I read all it, you know, he never touched the ball, didn't do this, didn't do that. He made runs and took people away um, and didn't touch the ball, but the run took two defenders went with him because they were terrified of him. De Bruyne went into the space left and was lethal. He is, De Bruyne is one of the great, great all-time players. But he looks even more fearsome and awesome now because he's playing further up the field, just behind the new guy, the, the Norwegian, and he, he's, he's finding that extra space that he's creating. Um, but then you look at Phil Foden and then you look at Mahrez and you, you, you just go on, you look at Jack Grealish, you can't get in the side automatically, etc., uh, etc. Et and that's how good City are. Well, this is the next question. This is the question I've had the most from our listeners is, how did Newcastle United stop Manchester City? And is one of the ways they attempt <laughs> to do that by reverting to five at the back? Yeah, um, they could try building Hadrian's Wall again. But um, no, let's not get too carried away and make City too invincible. But they are pretty well. I mean, they're nearly there. Yes, they're the nearest you'll get to invincibility. Uh, now that Liverpool on what they were so far... Um, what the way when Mane was there. Um, yeah, there's a possibility that Newcastle could go uh, five at the back. Uh, you'd have to sacrifice somebody further up the park, probably a winger. Um, and it would solve one of the problems that is faced by Eddie Howe, which is if target's available, you would think he would bring him back because he's a natural left back. And by Jove, the defence are going to be tested individually as well as collectively so you would want a natural left back at left back instead of Dan Byrne if at all possible then he wouldn't have a make a decision between Shaw, Byrne and Botman wanting to be left out if he went five at the back so it would solve temporarily that problem as well Um that's up to him uh, it, it would it may help at the back he's, he's a naturally four-man defense uh, is Eddie but because it's City may go that way, it would accommodate his three centre halves. Um, it would depend on Target being fit enough to uh, play, and I suspect he will be. Uh, but that's one of the decisions he's got to make, yeah. Well, I'm just looking at the last time they played, and did they play five at the back when they got thumped 5 0 back in May? No. According to Premier League.com, they played uh, four at the back Jamal Lascelles, Dan Byrne in the centre with Matt Target and Emil Kraft on, on either side. Was then Joe Linton, Sean Longstaff, Bruno Gummeresh, St. Maximum, Chris Wood, 
and Miguel Almino. And I mean, most of those named there will, will, will probably play. And actually, I've written down this, the side I would play on Sunday, and I would go five at the back. Uh-huh. Trippier, Dan Burns, Ven Botman, Fabian Scher, Matt Target. I'd then bring in Longstaff uh, to try and just fill in that, that deep role because I don't think Bruno has has looked as comfortable playing as that deep line midfielder. So I'd bring in Longstaff, Bruno Gillette just in front of him. Wilson up top, and then it is a case of who do you sacrifice? Do you so sacrifice... have you got Joe Linton in there? I've got Joe Linton in there. I would hope so. What, so you're three midfielder who? Uh... Longstaff, Bruno and Joe Linton. I think, I think Longstaff can just offer a bit more in that, de- that as a defensive kind of protection. Well, will it dip dramatically at, mm. uh, at Brighton after what I thought was a good opening day against Forest? And you'd have to sacrifice one of your wingers. Well, that's who I'm... T- so I, I, I've, I've gone back and forth here because for me, Almiron does more defensive work and he can get back and he, he'll carry the ball forward from that box. But then it's when you get to that halfway line... You want someone like St. Maximum to take it on, who will so terrify defenders. I'll move up to the halfway line and then miraculously <laughs> have St. Maximum. Some Doctor Who TARDIS magic to, you know, go, to go into the forwards. It, it, it's a difficult, and for me, that's the only question mark: is is who who starts there? Is it St. Maximum? Is it Almiron? Let you guys listen and do you know? Get me on Twitter. Let me know what what you think, John. I mean it. Is that the, the team you'd start? And do you agree that's the kind of the only dilemma is? If you want to play five at the back, that's the way you go. I can follow playing Longstaff instead of uh, Willock. I was very disappointed with Willock at Brighton. And this is a game for workhorses in Longstaff. will give you extra that way. Um, yeah, I, I, I mean, either that or you say, I'm not going to change for anybody and I'm going with a four and... Stocking the midfield and playing your two wingers. I don't, you know, I don't um, want to get too down, but what after that Brighton performance? And, and but me, do you think five will stop City? Like, I think you've got a better chance. I think you've got a better chance because if if they, if you were listening to the podcast on Monday, me and Aaron had a bit of a bit of a disagreement on how well the defence performed. I thought they went back to a little bit under the the early days of how they, they weren't that organised. In my view, Aaron disagreed and said they thought they looked they looked solid. Regardless, if they play defensively like they did against Brighton and they do that against Manchester City, it's going to be an absolute field day. So I think playing five at the back just gives them that little bit more protect. Gives there's a, bit more protection. There's also the problem, you know, when they're performing, looking back at Brighton, when they're performing poorly up top, and it wasn't Wilson's best game of the season by a million miles. And if they're performing up top and in midfield, where I thought Willock was disappointed, then the pressure on the back... Uh, is you know you're saying you didn't think that they looked organised. The pressure on the back it becomes relentless if if the other departments aren't doing their job to relieve the situation. Um, so I mean, defending's an eleven man job, the same as attacking's a ten man. And job. that's that's why I th- I'm tempted just to give Miggy the nod. You know, well, you would be anyway because you're a Miggy boy. <laughs> <laughs> just me myself in the fan club. No, I I just think. You know, Newcastle are going to have their backs to the wall. They're going to want someone around their own box who gets the ball and just carries it forward. I think regardless of who you play, regardless really of what formation you play, it's going to be another difficult day for Callum Wilson. He's going to be isolated up, up, up top. Of course he is, but in this sort of game, you would expect that. Uh, it, you know, you wouldn't expect that at, at Brighton, which, and he was isolated at times at Brighton, but you would expect is against it? Man City, any centre forward. And by the way, while you're deciding which one of your wingers to drop, 
this is why Newcastle are trying desperately to sign a winger, you know, because both of them aren't good enough. Mm. Both the guys you're talking about, uh, Almiron, Anson and Maxi, aren't good enough for a top seven club, which is where we are trying to get to. That's why they're looking at the Chelsea boys and the other boys, because we need a winger. And if you look at their stats and you're a stat man, you look at their goals and assists, poor. Mm. And by the way, they're not alone in See, that. They, most of our attacking players' stats, if you include Joe Linton in that, if, if you include Fraser and Murphy in that, their stats in terms of as assists and goals are poor. So you'd bring in someone like Hudson Adoy to have a bit of, bit of threat down the oh, middle? Oh, I would bring in a winger without, before the transfer Saw deadline with, Watford, a, with a centre forward. Well, it depends on which one they get the break on, but that's why they're so consistently looking at the you know the police at Chelsea they're looking at wide boys consistently because the bottom line is that that Almiron, Maxi, Fraser and Murphy are not top class. They're not top, top quality. And in terms of a striker there, we agree it's gonna be a difficult day for, for Callum Wilson. Does that add to the frustration of Chris Wood's performance so far at Newcastle. You look at him and he's big and he's tall and he, he should be... So is Grey's monument. Very, very true. But he should be able to come in. I If he if he was a little bit better, I, I would be tempted to play him just to be a bit more... to hold the ball up. You know, like... But he's not a little bit better. You know, like Salmon Rondon, like yeah. Salmon Rondon, yeah. a character like that. he's not as good as Rondon. No, I agree. And, and that's, that's the added frustration that they haven't got player on the bench of Callum Wilson's ability to play differently to hold that's the ball that's why they up. wanted to send a forward when you look at what Newcastle's got we know why they're looking at a, wing, a winger because I've just mentioned the four that aren't top 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 quality and I include Maxine that who ought to be but it isn't so far and that's why they're looking at a centre forward because there's no backup to Wilson they spent 25 million to get the backup mm. but However much we love him, however much we want to give him the benefit of the doubt, however much we want to talk about work rate and enthusiasm and occupying two centre-halves and all that, the bottom line is that he's one-paced without a good touch and doesn't score goals. They, they by the way, on my opinion, they are facts. Mm. If, you, if you had a striker, say what, what we think Chris could, would does on a good day, holds the ball up, gets it down on his chest, wins the headers... Would you potentially swap them in for Callum Wilson? Is this Callum, is this game right for Callum Wilson? If you're a centre forward at a club like Newcastle United, you, you, the game's got to be right for you. You're supposed to be good enough to be able to do that role. Let's put it another way. Good God, if we don't play Callum Wilson, what, we're in Stoke on Sunday, aren't we? Mm. Um, because we've got nowhere near his ability. It's going to be a tough old afternoon for him, but it was a tough old afternoon for Callum Wilson before Eddie Howe came and Newcastle were a very defensive side and he was stuck up front on his lonesome. Uh, this is a one-off match that I think, you know, we were getting bogged down on talking about the problems in this match. We didn't face the same problems at Brighton and we won't face the same problems at Wolves in the next Premier League match that we're going to face against City. City are unique in what their game is all about. And they're just fearsome. Scott Parker was right. The the the, the movement, the interwoven the patterns of play, the, the ability they've got all over the park, 
are quite exceptional. I thought at one time that Liverpool were going to match them when um, Mane was playing the way he could, Saha, and when Bobby Firmino was up front and in his day, and then there was Jota. Um, but now they're, little, they're slightly off that, and there's not a team to touch Man City at the moment. Just on Liverpool, we saw Nunes getting sent off against oh. Crystal Palace, getting wound up and, and reacting. I feel like that's something Callum Wilson could tap into on Sunday. You know that he's very good at that. We've mentioned before, very good at just winding players up. And I feel that's something he does much better than Chris Wood. Chris Wood looks like the most friendliest guy in the world, whereas Callum Wilson looks like he enjoys winding people up. And that could I think prove he, beneficial. I think he does, but I mean, I'm, I don't know that City have got the hot head at the back that Nunes was at, uh, at Liverpool. Um, you've got to take every advantage that you, you possibly can. I mean, our job's to stick in there, be there, be there. But it's as Scott Parker said, you need, if you play City, you need 11 players playing 10 out of 10 and then ride your luck. And, and, and that is asking a lot because if you get two players less than 10 out of 10 and you don't ride your luck, you know, things don't go for you, you, you can't be in trouble. But they're not invincible. They will not go the whole season unbeaten like Arsenal did that one um, memorable season. Uh, and if they're going to get beaten, maybe it could be Newcastle. Yeah, why not? Um, why not? You know, so we can't get too carried away, but we do recognise that this is a one-off game and it's an awesome one and really when the fixtures come out I was hoping that well you, we've got them early in the season as slow starters and they have been uh, but it doesn't appear to be so this year Is John Joe Shelby a big miss for this type of game? No no more so than any other John, John Joe's John Joe he's the third he's the third choice midfielder um, on the team sheet if he's available you know what I've always said this to players. If you want to enhance your reputation, go out injured for three months. You become a marvellous player in that three months. How much we missed Callum Wilson. We're now going to miss John Joe Shelby. We're now go Anybody, you have a spell out and people say, bye, we'll miss him. Uh, but do we? Is is a, a Czech Teori kind of player then, someone with a bit of bite in that centre midfield, is that what Newcastle are, are missing? Because I, I, even though I play a long staff and you know, we've got Bruno Gummeresh in there as well and Joe Linton is showing a bit of fiery nature, isn't he? Mm. I do think they still lack that bit of bite though. Like that's someone who's snapping at the ankles constantly. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah, is yeah. that something... You, if yeah. Newcastle ideally could go out and, and, and sign three or four players within the, the next couple of weeks, which is probably unlikely, is that Very kind unlikely. of bitey midfield as someone... Well, maybe in a wonderful world, but I mean... It, it is in a wonderful world. <laughs> but if we want to prioritise, is centre-forward and a winger Absolutely. the first two players won? And then if we were going to get a midfielder, it looks like it would be an attacking one, like like Madison or um, or one of the the Chelsea boys. Or uh, So it probably wouldn't be that defensive. I mean, Bruno came to us as that. I mean, mm. that was supposed to be Bruno's job, this business of being able to and snap He's not, he's not looked as comfortable in that role, has he? Well, I don't know if it's the role or he's just not been that comfortable. I mean, that's his role. I mean, you know, he came... The surprise is that he scored five goals because he's not an attacking, into-the-box type of player. You t talk to the guys that followed him in France 
you talk to the way he played in the Brazilian side, and the one thing they would always say if you were getting a picture of Bruno before he come to Newcastle is he doesn't score a lot of goals, man, because he sits. Um, and then, lo and behold, when we pushed him on, it was a bit like Joe Linton. He's not a midfielder, mind. He's a centre forward. Well, he's turned into a very good midfielder, and 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 the same with with Bruno when he's pushed on. Um, everybody has a dip. He's had a couple of in different games. I don't think Wilson's pulled up any trees in the couple of games he's had this season. But he's out. Where, uh, we all need him, but he's not anything like the the guy that played against Arsenal, mm. for example. It's going to be interesting because I agree. I think Wilson hasn't hit the highs we expected. Kieran Trippi has another one for me who's looked a little bit off the pace. Yeah, yeah. And as much as I've, you know, taught Newcastle over, they can go out and they can beat Manchester City. They are as good as them. Come on. I do feel a little bit for the likes of Kieran Trippi and Callum Wilson. Just in terms of, they'll be well aware. I think Kieran Trippi, especially, that he hasn't hit the highs of what he did last season before he got injured. What he did actually when he came back as well. And, you know, he'll be working his butt off to try and get back to those levels but it's not the best game in the world is it to, no, you've just to get got back to, you've just got to get rid of this game you've got to go out with the right attitude no shirkers, nobody having a cigar out on the wing are you listening Maxi? Uh, everybody's got to work 110% uh, there's absolutely no question about that and then we've just got to hope that we can ride our luck and things happen we, we can't talk ourselves into a defeat here there's no such thing um, you know, the every in a two-horse race, you've always got a chance uh, because the other horse might fall down. Well, that's important, isn't it? We we see you just got to get rid of it, but it's also important not to do what happened several times in Steve it. Bruce. You know, yeah. don't turn up and just have a training game. You yeah, know, believe that you can get something out of this game. Everyone's beatable. You know, Man City can. It's easy for them to have Everyone an off day. Everyone has an off day. Yeah. They might have an off day. Who knows? How, how easy is it, do you think, Freddie Howe, then, to get that balance on the training pitch? I've said where I th- what I think he does, but in your opinion, how easy is it for him to you know, be realistic in what the challenge is, but also say to these players, you can upset the odds here? Yeah, um, I think he's got to do that, but he's also got, and this is what he's good at, uh, as opposed to, say, Steve Bruce's regime with his coaches, He's. It's no good just going up to somebody. It's no good going up to a, a mongrel dog and say you're going to win gloves, because it looks in the mirror and thinks no, I'm not. That, he's talking ridiculous. You've got to back up putting self belief into them by putting the tactics into them that make them believe. Yeah, we have a chance. You know, if you double up here, if you cover that, if you fill in the space, if you if you get on the side when when we're attacking the down the lines, um. You've got a chance, but you've got to give these intelligent young men. You, you, it's no good just saying, which at times we felt in the past, before Eddie Howe arrived, etc., there was just hot air. Come on, when you're casting out, you can do And then you go away and think, well, no, we can't. They've got, there's nothing to pack it up. They've got, and Howe will be good with his coaches this week. They've got to lift the spirits give them the Churchillian speech, but also give them the armory to carry it out. Yeah. It's no good just saying, and then you've got pop guns come match day, you've got to give them the armory, the tactics to be able to stifle. You know he's going to be meticulous, and I'm sure you've said many, many moons ago that footballers like to be told what to do. That's, Absolutely. That's, they the feel that's a comfort zone, out a comfort zone when they don't know what to do, and they've got to think for themselves, and... It's not collective, it's individual thoughts in. 
do you think the fact that, and we'll be totally honest here, Newcastle should have lost to Brian. Nick Pope saved the day. By the way, that's what Nick Pope's supposed to do. He's he is, he is, but, supposed to you know, save the, the shot. So let's not think. You're not lucky because your goalkeeper makes a couple of great saves. He's supposed to make. The reason we got him when we had the brothers because he's capable of doing that. So he went out and done. All right, you've earned your corn. But that's all. Let's not get carried away. But he's earned his corn. He has, but the, the fact, you know, let's be honest, they should have lost that game. Will a couple that... of the saves, by the way, were for the cameras. A couple of them were at a perfect height for him to do a somersault and flick the ball away. <laughs> it, that's a perfect height for a keeper where the ball comes. They're, they're for the Hollywood, they're the Hollywood saves. Um, I'm not having a go at him, by the way. I'm grateful for him to be there. He also got a couple of guys kicking the ball off the line, by the way. Mm. Um, but, you know, that's his job. He did it magnificently well, good for him. But it wasn't the Alamo, we were poor. Uh, in the second half, but it, it wasn't the Alamo. I agree, it's his job, but again, they should have lost, but the fact they didn't, the fact they, they rescued a point, how much of a boost is that to Newcastle? Spurs should have lost to Chelsea, but they didn't. I mean, football's like that. Mm. I mean, that. I mean, Harry Kane said in his interview after the game, he scored the winner. It felt like a win for... Of course it for, did, for, because for, they got out of jail. So, but the fact that, you know, Newcastle got out of jail as well, that will serve as a, as a boost to them, you think? Not to such an extent as I feel as you're, as you're making it. Yes, they were second best on performance, but I don't think they were massive. This, this, you know what's wrong with this Brighton side? They can't score goals. I mean, they've always suffered from this. They, they suffer the same as we do. They're top scorers in single figures every year, the same as ours is. They don't get a pile of goals. They, they play wonderful stuff, but they don't score a pile of goals. And and there we had again. They'll play you pop, 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 play off the park. You wake up the next day, it's no, no. Uh, and that happens with Brighton. So um, I don't think they were ever, there's always one-offs, but they were never going to massacre you like City can massacre you. Uh, they're not going to do that. The wonderful side to watch, but they've got no cutting edge. Hmm. Um, before we get on to the rest of the show, just a reminder that we're holding a live event before the Manchester City game on Sunday. It'll kick off at 12 noon at the Tyneside Irish Centre. It's free entry. I'll pop the link to the tickets into the podcast description. Click on that. There's only about 15 left. You'll have a chance as well to take part in the raffle. A couple of prizes signed by Alan Shearer. So really, really good prizes to get your hands on that money will be split between the Newcastle fans food bank and the Sir Bobby Robson Foundation John will be on the panel alongside the Times Henry Winter to kick off the afternoon and then we'll have Lee Ryder and Aaron Stokes to wrap it up so it's a perfect way to build up to this Manchester City game they serve a lovely pint of Guinness in the Tyneside Irish Centre and a great way as well to raise some much needed funds to get and a chance to get your hands on some brilliant prizes so look out for that link in the description like I say only 15 tickets left so you'll have to be quick and um, it's set to be a great afternoon you looking forward to it John yeah I am I think it'll be good fun um I like the big build-ups to, to top games Henry's a, a, a good mate of mine I've traveled the world with him at World Cup finals all over the place and he's a very shrewd man good good writer good eye for football and uh, I'm looking forward to sharing the stage with him and with you, of course, because you will be putting the two of us through the hooplas. Yep, and I'm sure you guys who already got your tickets, I'm going to send an email out shortly asking you to send some questions in for either John, Henry, Lee, Aaron or myself. And uh, we're really looking forward to, to meeting you guys in person 
Let's see, it kicks off at 12 noon, free entry, Tyneside Irish Centre. Get your tickets from the link in the description. Set to be a great way to build up to that Man City game. Um, John, transfer-wise, it's a bit frustrating, isn't it? Oh, more than a bit. Um, and that's not necessarily blaming Newcastle United because we don't know what's going on behind the scenes. But, you know, we flew out the blocks at the beginning of the transfer window, had three signings in the bag before we had time to turn around twice. Uh, good, good start. And what is frustrating is that we've locked the door at the back, but we can't open the door in front of it at the other end. Um, we need... I mean, what, we made five, six, seven signings, seven signings, five of them are defenders. Uh, it was very necessary. We were leaking four and five goals uh, in the old days with Bruce and, and Ashley. We were leaking four and five goals. That had to stop. You've got to have a platform to be able to gather points. We got that. We completely knew back, uh, back line and a new goalkeeper. The only two players going forward was Bruno and Wood. Um, we desperately need a centre-forward before the, the window shuts on September the 1st and we need a winger. We need a midfielder as well if we can. I think we're going, I think we're playing brinkmanship now because a low money will be spent if the right person is available at the right price. In the main, I feel we're going to raid the loan market and that normally happens in the last week of the transfer window because clubs wait right until the death before they think yes we can allow the wait to see if they get any injuries how they are lucky to get people in that they want etc and then they decide they can free somebody up but they won't free them up like now and get injuries this weekend and then think oh we've sent that bloke out to Newcastle I wish we hadn't um, and it's brinkmanship and we get twitchy up here by the day and we'll get twitchy if we get the wrong result against Man City and we anticipate it could be that we'll get twitchy again because we'll be entering the, the final knockings of the transfer market and say we're not well served here at all mm. and I guess I mean it's not much of a consolation if they don't get that striker in or the winger they want but it is refreshing to know that the owners they have been active it's you know if, if they get to the end of the window and I hope this isn't the case and they haven't signed the players they want it won't be for the want to try you know they have knocked on doors they have gone after players yeah whereas but before this is, but that's true that's absolutely true Andrew when I've supported the owners and the manager and the new guys that's coming in behind the scenes Dan Ashworth and Eels totally and utterly but this football is a a rough old game. It's a tough old game. The, the people are judged ruthlessly in this game. Uh, you know, all that matters on a Saturday or Sunday is the result. You know, it's no good saying um, we've played well, but we're lost. Sorry, you're lost. If Newcastle don't get the right people in, sorry, you've had all summer to do it and you haven't. It's got to go down as a tick in the minus Mark, the same is if you look at seven signings for Newcastle, six I think are pluses. Chris Wood's got to be in the minus column, but somebody has to be. Um, and that's tough. If we don't get somebody, whatever we say, if we get nobody between now and the end of the window, it's a failure. It doesn't I, matter I, I who agree. the owners are, it's a failure. And we can't afford to fill. And I don't think we won't get anybody. What I'm worried about, the closer we get to the end of the window, 
is it we snatch at somebody's second best, third best or fourth best because it's better than having nobody. Because I've been told it time again, we only got the release clause on Chris Wood because it was better than having nobody. Well, six months later, we're not treating it like that. We're going out for another one. What do you think will break first? Newcastle in terms of paying these silly demands for players or the selling clubs and you know the selling clubs will come down with their demands? Interesting. Um, I don't think, I don't think Newcastle will break a load if they get a couple in unknown. They would probably spend some money because they can then, um, not excessively, a forty million, a thirty million, something of that nature. But I, the longer this goes on, the more you think Newcastle aren't going to lose their head and splurge their cash like some lottery winner who just goes out and goes bang, 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 bang and then wakes up next day in their skin because they've just... And they've got a load of baubles and they look at them and they don't like them anymore. Like Nottingham Forest, for example. Well, they could well, well face that, absolutely. I don't think that'll happen. I think we will go down the loan route to solve at least two of the three problems. I think we'll go down the, the loan route to solve it. Um because we did that with Target, and you can end up, if he then does the job, you can often end up buying that player. If it's somebody like Gallagher or Hudson Odoi, and they, they want them back, well, then they've served the purpose for us in, in any case. Um, but I, I think we're going to have to use the loan market. But of course, if, if we want, we, we've talked to Chelsea about four of their players, I think. You can only get one on loan from, from one club. So, you know, we would have to choose one. We can't go out and get Conor Gallagher to play midfield and put us uh, up front, yeah. It doesn't yeah, work like that. It doesn't work like that. We can only get one of them. It's gonna be an interesting finish to the window and we'll bring you all the coverage on chroniclelive.co.uk where we have a daily transfer blog and obviously you can catch the match coverage against Manchester City live as well. Before I get your score prediction, John, and we are two for two so far. Sorry? We are two for two. Yes, we are. Not the score prediction, the no, result no. prediction. Predi- result prediction, sorry. Um, how big of a role will the fans play on Sunday? That old cliched question. The fans will always play a big role. They can't win us a game against um, a side as good as City if City are on blob. But they can off keep you going to you maybe get a point, you maybe sneak a totally unjustified victory or... You don't ship five. Um, all of which are important. All of which are important. And the crowd right now are good uh, and have been. But we, we keep relying on them. I mean, there was moments against um, uh, against Forest when the crowd were quite quiet. They never, they weren't rumbling. They were quite quiet because I thought, where the flips these goals going to come from because we had so much of the ball so much attacking but never looked like scoring before Shaw bludgeoned that one in the net which was wonderful um, it's difficult to keep wildly enthusiastic uh, vocally for 90 minutes you know sometimes the the players have got to help the fans as well as the fans help the players but they're a massive part and they always have been a massive part of a good Newcastle whenever Newcastle have had great times like the entertainers like Bobby Robson's side like the, the Melbourne Cup years the crowd have been special the, the 
the Newcastle crowd in full voice. There's nobody better, and I include the great crowds like Liverpool and Rangers and Celtic in Scotland, etc. Well, it's interesting you mentioned there the entertainers. Kevin Keegan came out last week, didn't it? That Eddie Howe would have another yeah. conversation. Mark Keegan, he's shown the players, you yeah. know, DVDs of the entertainers, and he, he wants to kind of channel that into what he achieves at Newcastle United. How important is that to respect the history and try and work off it? I, I think he came out with a terrific phrase in that because he said, uh, you can't live in the past, but you can learn from the past. And you, you, and that's wonderful because we're not trying to live in the past. I always remember talking to Frank Clark, the old Newcastle player, about that. And Frank then went on, won the European Cup, as you know, with Forrest and still lives in Nottingham. Was manager of Nottingham and was chairman of, of Nottingham. He was in, in the stands on a. And he was in the stand at St James's Park for the game here. Yeah. Um, but all, and he said that because he was one in the great Forest side that won the European Cup. And he said previous Nottingham Forest managers in recent times have, had took down the photographs in the ground of the, the European Cup winning side and all that, because sort of put them away in a drawer and he said and that's ridiculous you've got to be proud Cooper's done the exact opposite he's put the photographs back up he's embraced it he talks about it to their players and says this is what we want to become again and and he's, he's used those forest years to revitalize there's great similarities between Cooper and, and, and Eddie Howe in the way that they came in to no hope clubs last season and produced startling results as young guys as guys that is man management is colossal as well as their ability to coach tactically and this ability of all embracing Cooper's all embracing the, the, the past of Forrest and Eddie Howe's trying to do the same with the past of Newcastle, and I think that's a terrific route to go down because you can turn it to your advantage. Don't live in the past, but use it as a, a as a, a tool towards where you want to go. A reminder of what can be can achieved. Can happen, absolutely. So, are Newcastle going to upset the odds on Sunday? Are they going to beat Manchester City? No, and they're not going to get a draw with Manchester City either. So it's a defeat Unfortunately, then. I, I think they're going to lose. And as long as they lose with dignity, there, there's no disgrace in that because um, a lot of sides are going to lose to Manchester City this season. Mm. And, and I do because you've got to be realistic. You, you can't... You can have faith, but it, it can't be blind faith. And um, therefore, if it's not blind, I've taken off my, uh, my eye, the covering on the eyes, then I've got to say that I, I would I think Newcastle will lose to City because I think City are exceptional. And I do think they're standing out on their own at the moment above Liverpool without a shadow of a doubt. Yeah, I think everyone expects Newcastle United to lose. City are just that good, and I agree. I think it will be... It defeats, and I'm glad. The, the only two matches we've lost at home, Andrew, since Howe's come in the league Liverpool, is Man City and Liverpool, and we're meeting one of them again now. Uh, I'm glad in a way that we're not doing score predictions though as well. Also, oh, I, because I don't want to yeah. go down, I don't want to think about that. I don't want to go down that route. Uh, attitude will tell us. I, I think you know, I think it's assured that they'll turn up with the right attitude and they'll apply themselves correctly. I just think City are that good that it could be a bit of a battering 
Well, was it last season when we when we played Spurs and lost five? And against City as well. Uh, because, uh, yeah, you know, the, those days can still happen. We'll go three down and we'll suddenly look as ragbag as we did in the bad old days. Mm. But I don't want to go down that road because, I, uh, you know, I'm very hopeful that we... If any side's capable of doing that to you, it is City. And they are ruthless. If City get three, some sides can get three and then they just do little patterns. You know, oh... We aren't going to lose now, so little one there and little one there and we little ball round the corner and then we'll regroup and start again. City just go doom 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 at your neck for an hour and a half. Um, so you've got to avoid that because goal difference as well as your own dignity demands that you don't end up getting your backside well cuffed. Yeah, it's going to be an interesting one. And just to finish off, actually, one thing we haven't mentioned be interesting to see if Miguel Almiron and Jack Grealish line up against each other because Jack Grealish <laughs> is not going to get the best reception at St James's Park if he starts, even if he's no. on the bench. Well, with that floppy hair and the, the, the way he falls to the ground uh, uh, a la Maxi, I mean, the two of them are such drama queens if they both play on the same pitch from the start. It'll be on when he fall to the ground with the hair spinning all over the shop and count up the free kicks. And... Um, but yes, but I mean, the interesting thing is whether, you know, the both start. Miggy mm. uh, and Miggy um, uh, may depend on whether we'll play five. And of course, with with City, unless you're De Bruyne or Haaland uh, or the keeper, it rotates the team totally. You don't know the Greel shall start, but it will be interesting if both him and Miggy start. They are quite agree. Well, a lot of people said... Uh Jack Grealish's comments when he was celebrating winning the, the Premier League uh, about about Mahrez wasn't it being Almiron and then Almiron had the storm of a pre-season he said he was as bad as Almiron yeah and Newcastle fans were saying well Jack Grealish has inspired he's motivated Almiron into a brilliant pre-season so hopefully he motivates him into scoring a, a boatload of goals a, that was on a Sunday. very stupid thing for Grealish to say and also it was disrespectful I know that he was sourced and I know he's a daft lad but for goodness sake, keep a grip. That that was very disrespectful to Almiron. From another pro, he should and, and he should have known a lot better. If you're sourced, keep your mouth shut when there's a camera around. Well, fingers crossed it can motivate Almiron into grabbing the winner against City on Sunday. And oh dear, our dear, we are, are proved we, wrong. We, yeah, it wouldn't that be wonderful? It would but be we brilliant. Are, we are now living on fancy <laughs> because to do that, we've got to beat City, and Almiron's got to score. Both of which in in the Premier League don't happen too you, often. You didn't need to say that, John. You could have left that last comment out of it. Come no. on, Almiron's going to score the winner. Thanks, John, for coming on to the Everything is Back <laughs> My Podcast. As per to you guys listening, please remember to like and subscribe to the podcast through your podcast provider. Totally free to do. Just means with every new episode we upload, you will get a notification to say it's ready to listen or download. Please leave us a rating and review as well. Pass the pod amongst you and your cast night supporting friends and family. And go on, go and snap up those last tickets for this live event because Newcastle do get thumped off City. At least you head into the game in great spirits after seeing me, John, Lee, Henry Winter and Aaron Stokes in person at the Tyneside Irish Centre. And it's free, so no excuse really. Head over to that link in the comments. Thank you very much for tuning in.